Jacqueline. Hi, Taylor. Welcome back, everyone, to the Honey and Heart podcast. If you're new here, we talk about womanhood, leadership, and pretty much everything in between. We release new episodes every other Wednesday. And you can follow us on Instagram at Honey and Heart Pod or our website, honeyandheartpod.com, where you can sign up for our email list and never have to remember which Wednesday. If you're already part of the Honey and Heart community, thank you so, so much for being here. We're so happy to have you. Shout out, as always, to the Bo McDowell for our lovely intro music. And without further ado, let's get into it. So if you saw the headlines about a month ago, a few weeks ago, Rihanna is now a billionaire. Well-deserved, Miss Riri. Hats off. Congrats to you. And so with that, we thought, why not do a deep dive into all things Rihanna? So we're going to kind of take it back, see where she came from, and see how she really became like the mogul and icon that she is today. I think sometimes people want to pat themselves on the back by calling themselves an entrepreneur, but... When we talk to you about Rihanna, I think we'll all be in agreement that this woman is like a full-blown entrepreneur who is getting shit done. Yes. This is like kind of a, I guess, our second episode in our celebrity series. First was Miss Kim K. I definitely feel a different energy with this episode because Rihanna, I have nothing bad to say about Rihanna. (laughs) Ditto. I feel like I'm going to be coming from a place where I'm like really rallying behind Rihanna just because I think that she's a very impressive woman. And in a different way where Kim Kardashian came from a family that was like fairly well off in a zip code that is like one of the nicest in the country. Rihanna definitely has a different background and came from a much different place and still was able to do so, so, so well for herself. So this is a Rihanna celebration rather than like an analysis. And there's two like specific moments in my lifetime that I really tied to like Rihanna. One of them being like, I was in dance, you know, growing up for like 15 years. And I just, I still remember this combination I learned in one of my dance classes to ponder replay. (laughs) And I remember thinking, too, like the breaking dishes. It was one of our older ones, but I literally thought I was, it's one of those words, like when you were little, like I thought she was saying like breaking bitches. And I was like, this is a bad song. (laughs) (laughs) She said dishes. The second thing is that I was very insecure about my forehead until about like 20 years old. I think I've mentioned this before. And then one day I just like, had a realization or maybe I saw a post or something who knows that Rihanna has a big forehead and she looks fucking amazing at all times and embraces it so if you feel the same just you don't need those bangs (laughs) agreed don't get the bangs rock the forehead let everyone see your beautiful face this is true for you Taylor and anyone else (laughs) also I do want to say before we get started I'm probably going to call her Rihanna but I know it's Rihanna all right I I'm aware that she calls herself Rihanna, but I've been conditioned for a long time. And now it just feels insincere to call her to like try and change it. So just putting that out there. Honestly, didn't even know that. And I feel bad, but I also don't think I can change it. When she talks about herself, she says Rihanna. That's going to mess with my head. Right I know. Now. So she was born Robin Rihanna Fenty. 
known today as the Rihanna, in St. Michael's, Barbados. So she's an island girl. I believe the Barbados are like off the southeastern coast of the United States. It's part of the, the Caribbean or the Caribbean. I could just go back and forth all day coming up with secondary pronunciations of things. Um, but yeah, so she is a island girl. And I do think that that kind of ties into like the whole vibe of Rihanna. Like I've seen in her pictures at like Carnival in Barbados where she just looks like she's living her best life. And I think that's part of part of her allure is like where she comes from and how closely tied she is to her to her home. Born February 20th. She's a Pisces, Taylor. How do you feel about that? I love Pisces. They're like one of the nicest people and they're sensitive, but like take no shit at the same time. Not in the same way a cancer is sensitive, you know? Like they're very in tune with nature. Ooh, I feel like that suits her very well. Yeah, they're a good sign. Pisces are always the best. Rihanna is the oldest of three siblings, which I felt connected to this because as a big sister, I feel like all big sisters can kind of come together on what it was like to be like the responsible one, the go-to, the overseer of your siblings. So to think of Rihanna really as just like a girl born in Barbados, the oldest of three siblings, that really like painted a picture for me. And I just feel like big sisters take over the world. And I think anybody who has an older sister is just like so, so lucky. (laughs) (laughs) I would agree. Being a big sister is just, it's a different energy. You get different expectations put on you and you get less credit for things. And I know my sister will fight me on these comments, but ask any big sister and I think they'll agree. (laughs) So... Since this is a big sister space, I would like to say that I agree. And Randy, feel free to send us an email. (laughs) Moving on to Rihanna life as we know her. I didn't look up too much information. I don't know if you have any like early life stuff, Taylor, that you want to bring up. But for me, Rihanna really kind of got her first big break at the age of 17, which is still very young, when she was signed to Def Jam Records. And then I've heard this little story before, so I thought I would include it in here. Prior to her record deal with Def Jam, Rihanna performed a cover of Whitney Houston's For the Love of You for then-Def Jam chairman Jay-Z. So that's kind of how the Jay-Z-Rihanna collaboration, partnership, mentorship, whatever you want to call it, started. It started very, very early in her career. And I'm pretty sure that, like, Jay-Z and Rihanna still have a good relationship today, which is pretty cool. I feel like there's very few celebrities, especially from like the early 2000s that have had such like a long withstanding career and are still not just like relevant today, but like are actually like making music. Like, you know, we all still love Britney and Christina, but they're not like... Is Christina Aguilar making music? Like, maybe? I think she's... Before COVID, she was going on tour, but I think it was, like, mostly her older stuff. So I know that she's still, like, out there, but I don't know if she's, like, dropping albums. I mean, same for Beyonce. Beyonce is not really dropping albums either. It's been a minute. I mean, she had kids. 
it's been a minute since Rihanna's dropped an album too, but this is a no Rihanna slander. Her music is still so incredibly relevant. And like, I think you would hear it if you were out at like the quote unquote coolest club in your area. If there's a Rihanna song. Everyone is still a million percent into it, but it has been a while since she's graced us with some bangers. And maybe I'm just like, I feel like anything that came out in like 2016 is still relevant. And maybe that's my problem. <laughs> when you think 2016 was five years ago. Yeah. That's pretty, pretty long ago. I feel like Rihanna really, really came on the scene with Good Girl Gone Bad and Umbrella. You could not escape Umbrella in 2007. You said that Rihanna like stood out in one of your, you had like a dance combination. But for me, just like my entire seventh and eighth grade year is the song Umbrella. Yeah, definitely. I don't know of any songs from Anti. Anti is my fave album. Rihanna's album Anti came out in 2016, which I think was probably the biggest album when it came to like the Rihanna fan base. People really popped off for this album and it recently celebrated an anniversary and her fans were able to make it number one streaming on Spotify again over five years after it had come out. So that just kind of shows you what she has going on. The cover art for Anti is like pretty recognizable so it's like Rihanna with her crown red background this was kind of like a new stage of Rihanna I did want to talk about I don't want to jump around too much but we can touch on it here Rihanna is like a style icon I feel and I don't think that that's like a crazy thing to say I think we could all probably agree that she's like incredibly influential and I think she was able to tie that into her music too And now she's able to tie that into her business ventures as well. Like anything Rihanna touches just like has coolness. It just like is cool. I don't have that. (laughs) You know, we can't all be Rihanna. This is from Wikipedia, but it was all cited. So take it with a grain of salt, but know that there was a little bit of due diligence here. But I just wanted to give a brief overview that really kind of ties in all Rihanna's musical success. So with sales of over 250 million records worldwide, Rihanna is one of the best-selling music artists of all time. She's earned 14 number ones, 31 top 10 singles in the U.S., 30 top 10 singles in the U.K. Her accolades include nine Grammy Awards, 13 American Music Awards, 12 Billboard Music Awards, six Guinness Book of World Records. Time named her one of the 100 most influential people in the world in 2012 and 2018, Forbes ranks her as one of the top 10 highest paid celebrities in 2012, 2014, and now we'll get into that more. As of 2021, she is the wealthiest female musician with an estimated worth of $1.7 billion. I don't know, like making money from music, I feel like it's going to be nowadays with streaming, it's going to be hard for anyone in the future to really top that. I totally agree. And I think that in order to make money with music, you almost have to have so many other side projects and business ventures that will like keep your music relevant. Because even right now, the way musicians mostly make their money is touring and they haven't been able to tour for over a year and a half. So just the way the world's changing, I think you're so right, Taylor, like 
you can't, you aren't going to be able to do this and you're not going to be able to be super successful, like just from streaming for very much longer. Yeah. And maybe this is a topic for another time, but I think with like starting to see celebrities kind of diversify their own portfolios, their portfolios. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. Their own brand. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's almost blending into like influencer culture a bit. And it's just starting to blur the lines between celebrity and influencer. And maybe we'll talk about this more in the next episode, too. I feel like we totally should. This is something I've been thinking about a lot, but I think that you just did a really good summary of it because I've been thinking like people like Vanessa Hutchins or people like Shay Mitchell, like, yes, they're actresses and yes, they're celebrities, but the way that they interact with social media is like influencer. Whereas Rihanna, you know, like she is a big celebrity and I think she's very influential, but she's not taking pictures and posting them on her IG story of her like out with drinks or out with friends having drinks or she's not taking pictures and showing us like what her yacht looks like. I feel like Rihanna is the kind of celebrity who like keeps things close to the chest and only shows you what she wants to show you. Yeah, she definitely has like a very professional and controlled appearance. And I think she uses her social media like more strategically. Totally. You definitely don't feel like besties with Rihanna, but it's okay. It's like aspirational besties. It's like, wow, this girl seems so cool. Like, I don't think I know her, but there are some celebrities who you might think you know them because of what you see online. Yeah. And then also she was an actress in Oceans 8. And Battleship, which I did not see, but I did see Oceans 8. (laughs) Yeah, Battleship, it's not my kind of movie. Me either. I don't think it did very well. (laughs) Just those categories of movies. Obviously, it wasn't due to Rihanna starring in that movie, any of the unsuccessfulness they faced. But yeah. And then a style icon, like you said, her Met Gala looks, I think she had the one where it was all the the diamond see-through dress with the say, what would you call her headpiece? It was almost like a, I mean, it was like a mask. Didn't it cover her whole face? I think so. And then she like pulled it up. Yeah. Oh my God. I totally forgot about that one. It's like her naked body just under a blanket of like diamonds and crystals. Yeah. Talk about a drip. Talk about a drip. That's so true. I see. And I think too, her stuff, it was able to live online and like still does in a way that I have to think she's aware of. Like when she shows up and shows out on red carpets, like in her drips at the Met Gala with... I remember her too. She had that yellow, the dress with the like yellow trim that was just like so massive and took up the whole steps of the Met Gala. Like it was something that made such a splash at the time, but it's also something that's still like, I would look up photos of that now and just be like, wow, that's art. That looks beautiful. Yeah. I feel like everything that she's worn throughout the years, like she never had one of those like bad style phases. I think of like, Christina Aguilera during Dirty, like her Dirty phase. And it's like, even though like Y2K, we love it right now. Like that's definitely going to go out of style real quick again. And that hair was just so bad. But like looking at Rihanna's style, it's like timeless, but also 
ahead of its time at the same time. And not many people can do that. Like not even Kim K, okay? She needed Kanye's help. And I think too, like Rihanna has so many things that, like, I mean, her red hair, I was so into that for so long. Her shaved side, I was so into that. Her hand tattoos. I remember when she got the tattoo on her sternum, like in between her boobs. That felt like so, I mean, it was like street style. It was like Tumblr cool. It just seems like Rihanna has always had a a good sense of who she is. And I think that when you're in the public eye, the sooner you can figure that out and the sooner you can like become comfortable with how you appear to others and what you share, like the more successful you'll be because I think Rihanna has been able to like navigate in that same direction. Sometimes celebrities are like too all over the place. I think even me talking right now, I feel too all over the place, but, and maybe there's a lot we don't see, but I always feel like Rihanna has been like pretty laser focused on getting shit done. And I think her range of style too, you could pretty much put her in any setting and like her style fits and it fits her and she fits the setting. Like there's no room that Rihanna could not walk into. (laughs) That's so true. I feel like even if she showed up at the Met Gala with like Dickies and a sick bucket hat, I'd be like, she gets it. I don't. Yeah. We're the ones that are confused, not her. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So now getting into her career as an entrepreneur, she started with Fenty Beauty in 2017 with obviously makeup and cosmetics. I'm not a makeup wearer, so I haven't like tried her makeup brand. Have you? I have not. And I think it is something I really want to do though. And I think if I was at a place in my life where I was shopping at a Sephora, I would, but I don't really shop at Sephora for makeup. I have like Maybelline mascara. I'm not into makeup enough to justify like a $30 blush. And that's just me. But I wish I was because like, I mean, it looks amazing. I've heard only good things. Maybe this episode will be a reason for me to go buy. Like, I really do want to get the, she has a lip gloss. And she is literally pretty much the first brand that had like a full range of skin tones too so many shades so diverse and I think she truly was the first brand to do that totally and I also think she did something really interesting where you know her audience is everyday people like us but she was able to add a real luxury element to her makeup and cosmetic line when it launched it's in partnership with LVMH which is Monet, Hennessy, Louis Vuitton, Kendo brands, which they also do like Dior makeup, Givenchy, Marc Jacobs, Celine, which is a very expensive like handbag company if you're familiar. And they do Fenty. So she's hit this really cool intersection of being like cool girl, everyday girl, but also like luxury quality products worth the price tag that has really kind of given her this success cocktail that I think is pretty impressive. And I think that's even flown into flowed into her other brands, which we'll talk about too. But on the business side of things, when it comes to Fenty Beauty, so Forbes confirmed that Rihanna does still own 50% of the company. Did she sell to LVMH? Is like 
that who owns the other part? So I think that she went in like partnership and collaboration with them. So she brought like the Rihanna brand to them and then they worked with her to develop a makeup and cosmetic line. So 50% owned by Rihanna, 50% owned by LVMH, which is that prestigious luxury makeup brand. Yeah. And at the time the deal was done, which was like before everything even launched, right? It was worth $10 million just from the start. Which that's a lot of money, but also knowing that Rihanna's now a billionaire and this deal was $10 million in 2017, that's so much, or maybe, you know, 2016, 2015, taking things into consideration, but still like five, six years, billion dollar company. That's crazy. Yeah, I think that's more than even 10 times. I'm obviously, (laughs) that's 10 times more, right? Yeah. Oh, well, I don't, math is not my forte. So I'll say it's at least 10 times more. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think she's at 1.7, right? So that's 10 times more. That's 10 times over 10 times more. And then she's like a, a worldwide celebrity too. So when she launched her business, they launched in 150 countries, which, That's wild. I can't even name 50 countries. (laughs) Me either. So it was interesting at the time of this launch, I remember being really into YouTube beauty culture. And so there was a lot of people talking about the fact that her brand was launching in 150 countries on its first launch, that it was already available in Sephora stores and online. And it had such a wide variety of complexions and skin tones which at that time had really been lacking. A lot of companies were being called out for having six light tones, six medium tones, and two dark tones. And then Rihanna came in and totally changed the game and was showing us ad campaigns with all different types of women, with all different types of skin tones. And I think that that ties in again too to Rihanna just like knowing what she wants, knowing what she's into, and knowing what her audience wants. There was a need and she filled it like at the perfect time. And she turned this brand into an everyday brand with still the luxury edge, which is crazy. And in 2018, the brand had $550 million in revenue outselling other celebrity brands like Kylie Cosmetics, KKW Beauty, and Jessica Alba's Honest Co., which that's pretty impressive. Especially because the Kardashians, I feel like, are such... They definitely present themselves as a behemoth brand. And I feel like Rihanna didn't have to try as hard and still blew them out of the water. I think when you back up your celebrity with talent, and it's definitely more intentional, like, what she's doing. It's nothing that's, like, fake. And I'll definitely... If you guys are interested in more of these side conversations, you're going to love our next episode. And then the next brand she got into was Savage. Do you say it as X or is it Time? I always say Savage by Fenty, but I think it's like Savage and Fenty. Savage X Fenty. I've heard people say Savage X Fenty for sure. Yeah. Yeah, right. So I think that's how they say it. Lingerie brand I do own some of this I'm subscribed I feel like Fabletics was like the first brand that had like a subscription type of thing and she did that with Savage X Fenty and like obviously you don't have to be a member to buy her stuff but I did join for a few months (laughs) and so what is it you like pay per month and you get like so many items 
Yeah. Or like different value points, you know, I think it's like 50 bucks a month and then things are at a discounted rate because you're a VIP and then you get to pick, you know, whatever items add up to that value. Or if you want to add more, you get the VIP discount. And then this brand is also like, it's a super affordable brand and super inclusive. I have seen some like criticism on her line because even though she has such a range of sizes, she also sometimes will create different items of the same category. Like the plus size item looks different than the straight sized item. But obviously she's one of the first brands, especially a lingerie brand to launch where it was so inclusive and used larger models. So obviously there's always more work to do. (laughs) Yeah. I think that that's a good takeaway too. There's like always more work to do. And I think it's good to look at brands and hold them accountable as like we grow. But also I think Rihanna has done a really cool job, Rihanna and her team, because I I doubt it's all her, but I do think that there's a lot of importance that comes from surrounding yourself with like good people who can get shit done. I don't own any Savage by Fenty, but I have watched, I think both, there's two Amazon fashion shows about the new line that came out. And so it is really cool to like hear Rihanna talk about why she wants these models, why she wants men to walk in her lingerie show and women and people with different abilities and people who are disabled, men, women, curvy, skinny, pregnant women. I remember there was like a whole thing that she was having like some pregnant models and it wasn't a maternity shoot. It was like sexy lingerie, but these women just happened to be pregnant. And I think that like all of that just feels cool. It feels effortless. Like to your point, Taylor, it feels like she doesn't have to try that hard. Like this is just the way that she navigates. And I think that she represents herself and her brands very well. I feel like this episode is just like, I stand Rihanna like over and over again. <laughs> I mean, sorry, like what part of your of her career can you hate on? Like, come on, what are we supposed to do? The music's good. Is she like the most, well, here, we could say this. I don't know if Rihanna's like the best vocalist, but that's not what I'm here for. I'm not here to talk about vocal ability. I'm here to talk about what she has accomplished. And just honestly, it's a lot. <laughs> She's done a lot. Yeah, my fiance really loves Rihanna. And I remember like when we were like the one song he always has on his playlist that he plays is the one she's talking about coming over and smoking a J at night. That's from Anti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just remembering all these songs. I feel like it's so hard for me. Maybe other people can relate like with albums to identify what songs come from what. Like, obviously, I can remember from like my younger years where I actually got the CD and like now I, you're listening to things on playlists like I don't know what came out when anymore <laughs> me either I'm out of out of touch with that so I'm now like realizing I know every song on that album as we've had this conversation but couldn't like couldn't recall well it's funny it's almost like we're evolving here in real time in like the span of 20 years you used to need to use your brain energy to remember like what songs were on what album if you had them via cd or whatever and now you can just search for it on spotify so i remember absolutely no one's phone number now i probably in a few years will not remember a single album name and will only just like individual songs and everyone's like dropping singles all the time like i don't know like john mayer just dropped a single like 
two years ago. Now it's on this new album. I'm yeah. Like, how am I supposed to know about that? People just, anything they've done within two years, they'll just like include into one album. Yeah. That's not fair. That throws me off. I'm like, I don't know when it came out. But yeah, I think what she's done with Fenty too, or Savage X Fenty, and just like the marketing and all these pieces that she makes are so fucking cool too. I feel like lingerie like went out of the picture for a moment too. Like people are kind of getting annoyed with Victoria's Secret and like their shit. And like, honestly, Victoria's Secret, like if you look at their lingerie that was popular back then too, it was like not even that cute. Like I worked at Victoria's Secret and most of the stuff would be like, I feel like, like, cause they have pink, right? So like pink was like more their collegiate stuff, but it was real relaxed. Like that's not lingerie. So then the lingerie side of Victoria's Secret and I worked there too. I feel like it was like 40 year old women. <laughs> like lingerie for 40 year old that's interesting it was like I remember you know going there with like my mom at a time when I was younger or whatever she'd like have to go in and buy a bra no big deal and then I remember being like 17 16 and I would go and buy pink and then there came a time this was like two years ago I went into a Victoria's Secret because I just like needed underwear And it made me so uncomfortable to be like in the lingerie section and be like a 25 year old woman with legit 12 year olds looking at the same underwear that I was looking at. Like it wasn't necessarily lingerie, but it's like thongs, it's black, it says sexy everywhere, you know, like all the pictures are very much selling an image. And it was like, I don't know, it just feels weird. And it feels like Victoria's Secret still had customers but their customer base had entirely changed. And I don't want to buy the same sexy underwear as like a teenage girl. So I think that a lot of people felt that way. I was or similarly to that, that, you know, like they didn't like the size, the cut, the marketing of Victoria's Secret. And then came Savage X Fenty that was like, mature but not old and cool and sophisticated but not like played out and sexy in a cool way and once again like I feel like with makeup the market needed something and she met it and with lingerie the market needed something and she met it yeah totally I like her lingerie pieces and obviously not all of them because that's the nature of lingerie. It's not all going to be like versatile, versatile, wearable pieces, but a lot of her stuff is, or at least like a lot of the stuff that you could like build a set with. Maybe you can like wear the underwear on its own as like an everyday piece, because that was another thing too, like buying lingerie. And, you know, I don't think I'm that vanilla, like lingerie is kind of fun, but also it's like some of it, I'm just, uh, I don't know. I'm like, when do I wear this for like five minutes before we like get into it? Like, (laughs) and it was so expensive to buy too, especially at Victoria's Secret. It's like, I'm dropping $50 for something I want to wear for like five minutes. And then after you wear it once, it's like the novelty of it worn off. Something with like garter belts and clips and like lace and panels. You're like, I, this isn't something I can just wear under a t-shirt. Yeah, it, like, it probably takes me longer to put on than for, like, and then I'm wearing it for a shorter amount of time than it took me to even get it on. <laughs> but, I mean, Rihanna, she has some pieces like that, too. Like, I'm personally not into, like, the crotchless underwear, 
but I could see that being fun at the same time. Well, I do believe that like Rihanna, I think she likes what she puts out there too. Like when she posts her in her pictures of like her, her in her Savage X Fenty, I feel like she's feeling herself when she uses her like Fenty beauty blush. It feels like she is feeling herself. It's also funny too. Rihanna's done something really smart with having Savage by Fenty ambassadors. So like other popular and influential people on social media, she'll have them be an ambassador. They get sent a certain amount of items every month. And so with that, it's like, oh, cool. Look at these people I like wearing something that I'd like to wear. But also there's this whole other side of people who are not ambassadors, but like want to be. So like I see often People will buy a bunch of Savage by Fenty lingerie. They'll post it on Instagram and they're like, can I be a Savage by Fenty ambassador yet? Rihanna, slide into my DMs at any time. And it's like, it's because she has a good product that people like and the association with the product. Being associated with Rihanna is huge. If you're a Savage by Fenty ambassador, that means that at least... Someone in Rihanna's camp knows who you are enough to send you a PR box. And that right there is like a level of success. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if Rihanna started an MLM and sent me a message to join, I would say yes. <laughs> I would too. If she was like, you just need more people under you. I'd be like, absolutely. Yeah. For you, Riri, like, of course. So business-wise, like, anytime I see Rihanna, she's the epitome of, like, badass and cool and, like, calm and collected and, like, also just, like, knows her, like you said, she knows who she is. And I feel like in the business world, she's been able to, like, I don't know, make decisions that were true to herself but then we're also like super smart. Like you said, she saw the need for both of these industries and just so effortlessly was able to fill those gaps and just create these amazing brands that they don't just walk, like talk the talk. They, her products are great. I think we talked about this in our boundaries at work episode, but just talking about how in some business environments, you do have to be calculated and there's a way to be true to yourself, but also like navigate it with confidence and be aware and be calculated as to what your next step would be. And I think that the connotation of calculated is a negative one, but Rihanna, all of this is calculated. I don't think any of this happened by accident. To say it happened by accident is like actually minimizing the work that she did. And so like with that, she's been able to become the richest female musician on the planet. She is second only to Oprah Winfrey as the richest female entertainer of all time. Forbes estimates her worth to be one, Rihanna's worth, to be $1.7 billion. Like That is not an accident. It's also interesting just to know that she came from music and her musical endeavors are actually like the small, if there's a pie chart of Rihanna's wealth, music is the smallest piece of the pie. Fenty Beauty is worth an estimated 1.4 billion. Savage by Fenty is worth an estimated 270 million. And her music is worth about 30 million, which that's still a lot of money. $30 million is nothing to turn your nose up at. 
but it really painted a picture for me at least of what kind of position are musicians in who didn't do all of these endeavors, who didn't have successful other businesses. You know, they may be well off, but they're well off in kind of a specific area. You really have to step outside of that and take some bigger swings in order to really put yourself on that like icon, entrepreneur, (laughs) billionaire level. I was just laughing because I figured out our math from earlier and we were way wrong. 10 million times 100 equals a million. So it's definitely more than 10 times. (laughs) To be fair, though, like there is a lot of talk about how like humans can't even comprehend what a billion is or understand the difference between like a million dollars to a billion. It's literally so much. When I was researching for this, I was talking to my boyfriend and he was like, how much is Rihanna worth a trillion? And I was like, no, a billion. And he was like, oh, only a billion. I was like, only a billion? What do you mean? I was like, it's crazy that we've gotten to a point. I think a hundred years ago, the idea of a millionaire was like, oh my gosh, it was the Rockefellers and they, you know, owned half of New York City or whatever. But now like a billion dollars is so much more money than a million dollars. And I don't know that, I mean, I forget that. And so I feel like a lot of us probably forget that. Right. And out of like billionaires, like less than what, 5% are women. So she's on that list and that's pretty wild. Well, and Taylor and I were talking about this before we started recording, but one of our friends was like, oh, does Rihanna now count in the eat the rich? I mean, she's a billionaire. But I will say, I think Taylor and I came to an agreement that when we say eat the rich, it does not mean women of color in the same sense. You know, if a person in a privileged space got a $500,000 loan from their parents to start a business that's now a billion dollar business, I say eat the rich to them. For a girl who came from the Caribbean and before the age of 40 was able to found two companies that now make her a billionaire to that, I just say, brava. Right. You know, I could be wrong on this too, but I definitely don't think Rihanna is giving the same tax breaks that Amazon and Bezos are. So that's another thing to think of. I'm saying this based off the information we know now. But there's also direct ties to other billionaires, like exploiting people and exploiting workers. And we're not seeing that from Rihanna. So I do think, obviously, it's like a joke to compare, like the Jeff Bezos of the world to Rihanna. But I mean, they do sit at the same billionaire table now. So I think it's, if you're going to take one, you got to take both. You know, I would much rather have Rihanna be a billionaire than Bezos or Elon Musk or fill in whatever other white men. Yeah, insert white man here. It is interesting. Uh, Future looks good for Rihanna and other beauty companies. Not sure if anybody heard, but or if this was something that was even common knowledge. But in my research, I found that cosmetic and beauty companies actually took quite a big dip at the beginning of the pandemic. Many cosmetic companies had uh, closed. Some like smaller brands that were popular on YouTube closed. Also, many cosmetic companies laid off a large portion of their workforce. However, there's been a really big bounce back and the companies who have been able to hold on have been able to see 
even greater success, Fenty Beauty included. So I think for a lady who understands her audience, respects women, and like fucking knows herself, sky's the limit for Rihanna. Yeah. I wonder if she does plan to put out new music in the future too. I hope so. Well, this has been our little wrap up of Rihanna. We have nothing bad to say. So this is a hard one. I hope you guys also agree that she is just a total queen. So what else could we have done? But as always, we'd love to hear from you. Are there any celebrities you'd want us to do a deep dive into next? Like we obviously have a list in mind, but it's a long list. So if you guys want to give us any ideas, we'll jump those up to the top and take a look at them next. We'd love to hear from you. You can shoot us an email, DM us, make sure you're following us on Instagram and that you're signed up for the Honey and Heart newsletter. That way you can stay up to date on all things Honey and Heart. New episodes drop every other Wednesday. And thank you so much for being a part of our community in the chaos. Bye, Jacqueline. Bye, Taylor. Thank you.